Life Radio, where we aim to live independently for excellence, with your host, Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor. Do you sometimes feel that nobody understands what you are going through and that others do not share your personal struggles? You may be surprised. Today, you will listen and learn from the stories and our testimonies on the program. Now, here is your host, Victoriously Speaking. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Victoriously Speaking, here on Life Radio, brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope, and I'm super excited for our guest today. I hope you guys have been keeping up because we're talking some real stuff here that's going to help us, you know, as a people and as a community. And so, you know, last week we finished the series of Family Secrets, and I think it was powerful, you know. So I had to bring back my girl, Nefati. Because I think she's going to be working with me, y'all. What's up, Nefati? Hey, hey, family. Peace and love. That's right. And so, you know, um, trying to get her in with me as we do these media things. One day I'm going to let her sing for you because she actually can sing. So, y'all, you know, y'all got to... What? Y'all got to call my agent. Now. Call your agent. Matter of fact, don't agent me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, uh, we, you know, we're going to get into... Something that I, you know, I don't think I learned until well into my adulthood. Um, And a lot of it, for those of us who come from communities that, you know, don't have a whole lot, we tend to have this issue. and, And I call it the spirit of poverty, you know, because we tend to think that poverty is just about money and riches. But you know, when you start really digging into these things, there are many scriptures that speak to this, you know, about the world and worldly possessions seem important. But we tend to question our value and our worth in comparison to what, you know, the world says or what the Bible says. And that's the crazy part because, you know, I'm all about passion. Right. And so I had to bring on one of my community partners from RBA Foundation, Restore Black America. He does this thing once a month that we support uh, as far as the Restore Black Wall Street uh, vending event. But it's even more than that because it's a place that we network and we learn from each other and we make each other better. I, I look at it as accountability. So we got the founder here. His name is Rossi Eason. Rossi Eason, why don't you say hello and tell everybody about yourself? Hey, what's going on, you guys? How y'all doing? Um, I'm the author of the Restore Black America book and the founder of the Restore Black America Foundation, and I'm happy to be here today. Great, great. So, what? Tell you like your background and why? Why you? Why are you doing what you're doing? All right. Well, um, just to be honest, like most people, I always wanted to kind of help my community, but I really didn't know where to start because there's so many issues. I wasn't really sure which angle to go in. And the whole kind of movement really started some years ago when a friend of mine actually introduced me to something called the Willie Lynch letter. Um, I'm sure most people have heard of it, but if you haven't, just really quickly, it was basically a transcript uh, given at a slave owners convention. And it talked about if you want to control black people, you don't do it uh, physically, you do it psychologically by uh, what they call amplifying the differences, putting young against old, male against female, uh, light skin against dark skin, all the same things that we still see today. 
And when I looked at that, I said, well, wow, if this is a plan to destroy black people, if I just reverse engineer it, could I create a plan to rebuild black people? Hence the term restore black America. So I ended up writing a book around that premise, which came with a six step action plan that breaks down um, action plans in six areas of our community, which are culture, economics, politics, family, health and spirituality. From that, I created the Restore Black America Foundation as an institution to provide the tools necessary for us to make a change. Because what happens is so oftentimes we get so caught up in um, talking about these issues and, and things of that nature, but nothing ever really happens after that. There's never a part two. So I started to ask myself, how do we bridge the gap between information and implementation? And the answer is we do it with tools. So when I set up the Restore Black America Foundation, it was really set up to be an institution of institutions. Mm-hmm. So uh, such things, providing such things as entrepreneur schools, uh, political action committees, healthy cooking classes, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of cultural things and things that we need to really surround ourselves um, with what we need to be able to make the improvements that we need to make. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is... Um, how how we met you guys out there um, was because with reconciliation, I actually I had bought the book and I said, okay, this is interesting because we deal with civ- civic engagement, economics, which is really about entrepreneurship. Because I believe that everybody has a little bit of business in them. You just got to pull it out. You know, um, we should have a little bit more independence. I believe. You know, that's just something I've always believed in. And, but you can't do that. If you have a poverty mindset, if you, you know, every time you get money, um, you going out and spending it on all these things. And, you know, I don't really I don't think it's just us as black people. I think it's any impoverished community um, because, I've you know, I've been in different countries and um I, I talked to people from all around the world that came from poverty, and it's the same thing. They got government that rules a certain way, that, that because they're poor, you know, they have still this money. They got the same type of crime. They got the same. And, you know, it's just this is what we deal with here in the United States mainly as far as, you know, the racial thing and what we see all the time. And, you know, one of the things you hear, because when you hear stuff like, uh, people who, you know, try to alienate either one race to another. But the thing is, just be proud of who you are. To me, it's about identity, right. you know, and how do we how do you get to that point? So when you start having conversations about poverty and money and riches, like what do you normally tell people? Um, well, really, like you said, it really does all start with mindset. Um, and I try to tell people, first and foremost, it's not so much even about getting rich as much as it is about getting free. See, a lot of times what poverty does is it really suppresses you to the point where you're walking around in constant survival mode. Mm -hmm. And what happens is over time that starts to become um, a habit and it starts to become a way of life. Mm -hmm. And so you never actually start to look down the road at at your future. A lot of times you're sort of cannibalizing that because you're only living in the now. One thing that you'll find is really interesting, if you go to any poverty-stricken community, One thing that you'll find as a common denominator above the drugs, above the crime, is it's a strict focus on immediate need, okay? And so what happens is a lot of times that keeps people in that poverty mindset. For example, have you ever met people that, 
you know, they've lived in poverty generation after generation after right, generation. Right. You're asking yourself at some point, did not somebody create some kind of plan, some kind of economic base to get out of this? The reason why they haven't is because they're only living in the right now. So that's one of the things that we kind of start with, just sort of seeing the bigger picture of it all, because there is a bigger world than a lot the small world that people live in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think about that now? That's that's saying a lot. Um, you know, I think uh, a lot of times when you're uh, experiencing financial stress and financial drain over a long period of time, it really can be hard to find your way out. And I like what the brother said about it kind of becoming a habit and becoming a way of life because once you add in other elements, there might be an element of substance abuse or mental illness, Mm -hmm. you get stuck and you kind of get tunnel vision but in the wrong way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really is about planning like you said taking that step to plan which which is what I'm doing I'm I'm actually a third generation single mom and um, I'm focused on my daughter not having to have the same story as, as me yeah and I, and that's the thing I think even when I was studying this thing about the spirit of poverty and like I said you got all these scriptures you know I got what Hebrews uh 13:5 um, I had several ones in here. I don't think I written all of them down, but a lot of them talk about the fact that, you know, like you said, freedom, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you had because you, you're the, the whole thing about being content with where you are. I think there's two sides to that. You know what I mean? Because it's one thing. It's kind of what you were saying. Well, I'm content with living in a projects because my grandma, my mama, and now I'm here, so I'm content with this. But yet, every time I turn around, when I get money, I don't think about investment and stuff because those weren't the things that I was taught. And so there's all these various things, you know, when I go to other neighborhoods where there is money or things, you're taught certain stuff about money. And it's all, you know, and it's something I learned in urban development, like certain areas just don't get those types of resources. I don't know why. We're going to talk about that a little later. Um, but I don't know why. So there are people that love money over righteousness. You got stingy people, ones who seek more and more, the ones whose happiness depends on it, the ones who brag and show it off. Um, the ones who beg and borrow, right? But most of all, the ones who are never content and or satisfied. And I learned that in a in a conference one time. It was like, you know, when you're young and you like you making minimum wage and you happy, then you may get a degree and you making ten to twelve dollars an hour and you happy. But it's never enough because the moment I get some money, I'm about to go spend it. Oh well, as soon as I get this raise, I'm about to get this car. And then you know, you got the guys. I got to get these rims. But nobody ever say, you know what, let me see how I can invest to start a business. How can I invest to start a legacy? Because investment means that you have to sacrifice and you have to delay that sense of instant gratification. Glad you said that because that's where I was going with that. Yeah, Yeah, so um, we got a couple minutes for break, though, but uh, that's exactly where I'm about to go as far as beliefs and uh, don't forget, you can call in at 888-346-9141 if you want to join the conversation. We will be right back really, really soon.
your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hearts programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go trouble in me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at theconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. We are back. We are back on Life Radio again, brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope. And we were talking about the spirit of poverty um, and pretty much about the fact that poverty is really not about money, but a mindset. And it kind of goes back into uh, where you left off. Where you was talking about the instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was I was telling some folks that um, I work with that. I was watching the news a few weeks ago, and they were talking about how you teach kids about money. And they were saying, like, when they're young, and they say, well, mama, I want a cookie. They say, okay, I can give you a cookie now, but if you wait an hour, I give you two. Mm-hmm. They were saying that's where it starts. And then as they get older and you start teaching them with their allowance and things like that. But instant gratification is definitely, I think, the... Uh, the key to that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we're like that? Um, I think it kind of goes back to what we we're saying before, where it is that strict focus on immediate need where people are just what happens is what poverty does. is It puts people in survival mode. 
And so a lot of times they can't think above and beyond what they're doing at the moment. If you think about, think about, um, let's say like, for example, an animal in, in the jungle or in the forest or whatever, it's not necessarily thinking about what is my future goals? What is my plan? Am I doing the right thing or what have you? All it does is go around eating from tree to tree. And mm-hmm. if you think about what a lot of people do in poverty, that's essentially a metaphor for how they live their life. They just go around eating from tree to tree. Mm-hmm. They never actually think about uh, moving forward and they just want that, you know, instant gratification. And I see it all the time, especially in the tax business. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you okay. know, I have a tax business where people get five, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars and it's going in a matter of weeks, sometimes in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what could you have done with that seven grand that you just had? Like you said, if you delayed that gratification and you just invested in something a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you could have got some return on that investment where you would no longer be in that particular situation. I think uh, I think technology to me has a lot to do with the instant gratification. I mean, you know, you don't have to go to the bank anymore to make a deposit. You can just snap a picture of your check and then just upload it. I mean, everything is so fast. Everything is moving so quickly. So, I mean, people are no longer willing to make the sacrifice and make that time investment and effort investment, I think, Mm -hmm. to really turn their situation around. Um, it, it takes sacrifice. It takes planning. I um, mean, you got to wait. You know, good things come to those who wait, y'all. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they also say that, um, you know, I ain't, I ain't never known nothing about that. That's, you know, I get clients say, I don't know about that. What you mean? Mm-hmm. I got, hey, right now, I had uh, working with the shelter, these young guys, they, you know, 18 to 24, and one of them got this little job. And as soon as he got his paycheck, he come in here, he got some $200 shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get, And I'm like, everybody's trying to talk to him. I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing, honey? Like, you know, you're supposed to be trying to get, and then you get mad because we're telling you, you got to save 15% of your check. Well, no, I what? why I got to save 15% of my check? What do you mean? Why? And it's going to go back to you, but this is for you to have a nest egg when you get out of the program. And you cannot get these young people to see that because, I mean, and then you hear what people say, oh, well, you know, if you ain't never had nothing, that that to me, that's a, that's like saying, well, that's just life. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that because to me, those are excuses. That's just life. Mm-hmm. No, those are excuses. That's an excuse for you not to deal with or not to um, be accountable for what you're doing, you know, or that's just the way it always been. To hear that foolishness, come on. We have to. When are we gonna really start taking responsibility? And see, the thing about it, the things that really to me, and I've done this through my life program, Living Independently for Excellence. When I say things that stop us from our blessings and prosperity and moving forward, is three things fear, anger, and doubt. And I say that because in our beliefs. It leads our thoughts, and our thoughts lead to actions, and our actions become habits. And that's, you know, in a church, they call it the strongholds, right, mm-hmm. or bondage, right? And a lot of it starts with, you know, those distractions, those failures, those obstacles, those barriers. Well, you know, my mama ain't never had no money. I had to drop out of school. I had to help her or you know, the only thing around me was dope, so I started selling dope, and this and that, and, and and all of a sudden, it's this mindset, you know, out of fear, like you said, because, well, if I save it, then what's, you know, what what am I supposed to do? Or if I ration stuff so that I can make it, then what am I supposed to do? All of that is doubt. 
we doubt ourselves, we doubt who we are, our creativity. And to me, that's what perpetuates the spirit of poverty. It, it, it takes it even further because now my fears to where, oh, I can't do, I can't do that. Like I could never have a business, even though you're an awesome cook. You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, uh, just the, the, the fear that your family, I went to a conference recently where this young lady who made it big and her mother haven't spoke to her since she became a millionaire. So your fear, like your your family will turn on you because, oh, now you, and that's the thing they say, oh, who you think you are? Oh, you think you something now? They start treating you different. Yeah. And see, all that goes back to that mindset. It goes back to the things that you were talking about, even with the Lynch syndrome. But the, the crazy part about it, as long as I've been a therapist and work, I've worked with everybody, every nationality, those same things are even in people that are not black. If you sit down and you talk to people, and it still goes back to that poverty thing. If you are in an impoverished family, in an impoverished community, in a in a in a situation to where you're still living check to check to check, it's the same mentality. Yeah. The families, the only the only difference is that I don't even know if it is. I don't know. I gotta think about that because you know I've been I've been in social services all these years and working with people. And what happens a lot of times, people think that, oh, well, this is just us. And I'm like, no, that's not really true. Because when I talk to this one over here, they from Puerto Rico. Or I, I got a family now I'm dealing with from Cambodia. You know, and so those are things, like, they say the same stuff. And I be sitting there like, well, dang. So that's how I know it, it's, it's much deeper than, I think, who we are. The problem is that this is what we experience. You know what I mean? And I like people to understand that this is a bigger thing. I think the world tries to create divisiveness for us to always look at skin color or look at where you're from or look. And really the reality of it is more of a, you know what? You're just, you're, you you don't have what I have. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. We all want, we all want to be comfortable. We all want, some of the same things we all want, you know, and I'm not saying that the stuff isn't true that happened. I'm just saying that when are we going to get past that to look at a bigger picture? Because to me, what you're doing, Rossi, it is a big picture, even though you're looking at us as far as who we are, because that's our experience. Then that to me, that's where it starts. I think it's a it's a way bigger movement than, than, than even what you think, because ultimately all of us who are the have nots are in the same boat. I don't know. Would you agree? Yeah, mostly. I think um, you're right. As a whole, uh, largely across the world, I mean, we're all kind of part of this sort of capitalist system. Yeah. And so people do suffer from um, sort of the poverty mindset, regardless of race, color, creed, um, sexuality, whatever the case may be. Um, and I think it does really happen on so many levels. I think one of the reasons, though, why it's so prevalent in us as, as African-Americans is it, it does affect us a lot more on proportionate levels than it does maybe other demographic groups. And I will say, though, uh, black poverty is different from white poverty. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference. I'll give you an example. If I say, hey, Nicole, don't go to that side of town because it's a really rough area. What color are the people that you think make that area rough? Now, here's the other thing. Nobody considers a white neighborhood to be a rough neighborhood, even if it's poor. Mm-hmm. So we do have to look at what's going on with, on with us psychologically point. and sociologically that makes our situation a little bit different. Hmm. Okay. 
I hate you over there shaking your head. I'm trying to figure out what you thinking. I do. I do uh, agree with that. We do have poor white neighborhoods. We do have lots of poor white communities. Mm-hmm. But you never hear that, uh, you know, thug element or dangerous or aggressive or uh, you never kind of hear that spin uh, put on it. Um, so that that was an interesting point. I never thought of that before. But who was doing it, though? Well, I think what you're witnessing with us is, is the hate that hate produced. Mm. It's a very um, we've had we have a whole different set of circumstances. So we might have a poverty element, but we do have some of the violent element because you think about additional with uh, certain uh, drugs, some of the weapons that's been put in our community, the self-hate we have for one another. Yeah. There's been a lot that we've gone through that makes our situation, um, I believe, slightly different. And there are a series of systems. There is essentially a caste system within capitalism uh-huh. and black people have been designated to be at the bottom. So, I think we just be buying stuff to feel better. Absolutely. I feel like it's escapism. It's escapism. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's we have, as a group, as a whole, some serious uh, self-esteem issues, and we're just trying to plug it in and fill in the holes. I, I kind of um, agree, I guess, again, because I work with so many different people, but I guess it's something I've learned here recently, um, like with Puerto Rico. Um and y'all saw they black folk too, <laughs> but you know they it's also stop on the boat. That's but, all. But they also have discrimination among themselves as far as the ones who are darker and lighter. Okay. They have a lot of the same issues: the violence, the guns, the drugs. I've been learning that a lot since I've been uh, working at the prison. Um, they, it's not that much different. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I guess I like to look at stuff. In a world view, I don't know. Maybe I'd just be tripping. Because I don't really think, I honestly, I don't think it's different. I think that the reason why we stand out is because of our experiences here. But when you go all over the world, they go through the same thing. It's just, it, and some of them worse than us. That, that's just how I see it. I mean, that just, just comes from just talking to people from different areas that, experience oppression because that's what it is it's a systematic oppression and it's 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 aimed to to come at your mind to have you thinking one thing or another but i don't really think it's about it you know i think all of the stuff the media calling people thugs but calling them you know they just having a hard time or they got mental health issues mm-hmm. you know i think all of that is just a, a way to keep us in this divisive mode i don't know if that's really the big picture you know what i mean like i just and i i think bigger than that for some reason but we do have to start with us i think change does start at home and it starts with what you believe and we got to quit believing in the hype in my opinion now i may be wrong I don't know. But we got two minutes to break. But go ahead. My thing is, it just hurts my heart to say this. Like, you know, a lot of us were low income and this and that. But we getting ready to spend like a billion dollars on on this Christmas. Trillion. There's the trillion dollars. The money is there. (laughs) We got the, we have the the resources. We have it coming in. We have the buying and the spending power. Let's start to redirect our focus to make a better impact for our future. Well, I'm glad you said that because we're getting ready for break. And we're actually about to talk about that. I'm going to call it perseverance. I did it on my 
podcast not too long ago. So hold that thought, and we'll be right back after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshops she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs, to our youth-operated food pantry. All of HEART's programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go facing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at thereconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. We are back. We are back. We was getting into a conversation here. I think they caught it on our Facebook, you know, on uh, Facebook. I think we got it up on Victoriously Speaking and Mr. Rossi Eason. And so, yeah, we we here getting it in. We having some good conversation. And I'm glad that we may have a little bit more time. Actually, we do. So you can call in if you got anything to say. That's 888-346-9141. But we're getting ready to get into perseverance. Help, I'm running to save my life. And this is about choice, which is free will. It's about survival. It's about goals um, and success. Like what is what is what constitutes success? Because that see that's a good question. When you ask people like what does successful mean to you? Because what's successful to me shouldn't mean the same for you. Right. But we tend to try to want to look at each other and try to base our success off each other. We got husbands and wives out there, you know, comparing themselves with you supposed to be building. See, so something's wrong with that whole idea of success. What y'all think about that? 
Um, I think to me, success is when you, whenever you do whatever it is you set out to do. Um, one thing I try to tell people too: conquer the day. You know, um, figure out what it is that you want to accomplish that day and do it that day and then just do it every day thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. My success may be different from your success, from your success. Mm-hmm. And if we just kind of focus on, you know, accomplishing whatever it is that we set out to do, um, a lot of times we won't be there won't be so much jealousy. See, a lot of times yes. we want to look at what you got or what you have or whatever. And then we get, you know, jealous. But everybody's got to walk their own path and everyone, you know, has their own timeline. I agree with that notion. Um it's a notion. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with this uh, perspective. Okay. <laughs> I agree with that perspective. Uh-huh. Um, I think true success is really um, knowing yourself, um, being mm-hmm. clear on who you are, what your purpose is, what it is that you bring to the world, mm-hmm. um, and, nev- and navigating your life accordingly. It, it's not physical attainment or any of these markers, I think, that society tries to throw in front of you because... Uh, we know billionaires and millionaires who, to to the outside world, would be successful. Mm-hmm. But inside, they're torn up inside, you mm-hmm. know. Inside, they're depressed, or they may even go so far as to commit suicide, take their own lives. Mm-hmm. So you think, well, wow, how can someone who's successful, they have this, they have that? It's because it, it, it's not something that can be measured. It is something that is truly internal. Mm-hmm. Um, that, mm-hmm. That's what I think about success. Yeah, I, I like what you said about... I'm not feeling jealous or, mm-hmm. you know, because what's for me is for me and what's for you is for you. And it's weird, you know, because um, my dissertation for my um, doctoral is about the seven deadly sins. And it's really about different spirits. And so um, the whole thing, though, is when you talk about jealousy or envy, which is one of the spirits, it, it can't act by itself. So what I've learned, and I can't wait to do this workshop. Y'all going to have to come. Um, But what I've learned is that most people who, I like to use the word, are are perverted against morality or goodness, humanity, humility. Um, You're operating out of one or two spirits, and that's either pride or lust. And lust is not always sexual. And so when you look at that, those two things, what happens is that envy and that jealousy attaches itself to the pride. So now I'm not just dealing with envy. I'm I'm envious because I'm prideful. Mm -hmm. I'm envious because I'm lustful and I want everything that I see. Mm -hmm. See, and that's... This is why I'm in mental health. I, I, you know, we people think that you can't have mental health in our communities. We like we try to look at it like, oh, we just crazy. You know, if you go to counseling or you do this, but you, we don't take enough time to look at ourselves and reflect about why we're moving the way we're moving. Exactly. We just look at the outcomes, and then it's like, oh well, let me go and get that blunt. Oh well, let me go and get to that liquor store because that's how I'ma deal with it. But you ain't you ain't doing nothing but masking stuff. Mm-hmm. And the older you get, the worse it gets. Worse and so now I'm sitting here, you know, like we talked about earlier. You went from one generation to the next in the projects, and it's like, but we good. And I'm not talking about nobody because at the end of the day, you you really didn't get there on your own. Yeah. See, this started a long time ago. Back. My thing is, when are you going to wake up? Yeah. 
When are you going to be sick and tired of being tired? Who's going to be the one? When are we going to make a choice? And even, you know, I don't know if y'all realize, but I've, I've been really trying to set all of this up just for us to understand that this is about every problem that we have is is built off of what I said earlier. Number one is choice. It's free will. I have to have the will to want more for my life. That's right. And if I don't have it, I need to figure out why. Mm -hmm. Do I not? I, I spoke to a young man today. I don't know myself. Mm -hmm. Well, what 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 is your sexuality? I don't, you know, I struggle with that too right now with guys. Oh, really? Okay. So you don't know who you are. And you're just being tossed everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is to me, this is this is one of the biggest things if we could attack it in the sense of poverty here mm -hmm. get rid of the fear get rid of the anger get rid of the doubt then we can you know get to a point to where now I can look at what the difference is between surviving and thriving mm. kind of like what you said right yeah what you think about that um, I think it's a lot. I mean, you definitely said a lot right there. Um, one of the things I kind of want to go back to what you were saying about choice. Mm -hmm. One thing I think is important to note that the decisions that you make is only as good as the information that you receive. So for the people, one thing they want to look at is where are you getting your information from? Mm -hmm. So like you said, if you're in a poverty stricken environment and you're, you know, uh, you know, you're surrounded by poverty, mm -hmm. you need to make a conscious effort to go outside of that or to try to transcend it or figure out where to get some um, additional information. As they say, if you're hanging around, you know, five uh, uh, poor people, broke people, whatever, you're going to be the six. So a lot of it is also, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you have right. to make a conscious effort. And this is something I had to do, especially right. as I started out, in, you know, in business and things very young, the people around me didn't have much or didn't have the wisdom that I needed to get to where I go. That doesn't make them bad people. Oh. They're, you know, they're still great people for where they're at. But I had to make a conscious effort to go above and beyond to try to seek the knowledge of those Mm -hmm. uh, who or where I wanted to be. And yeah. so you have to look at that. And Neverty brought up a good point. Even, you know, we use technology for everything else. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is, I'm the type of person, if I'm a, look, if I don't know about it, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. That's where I'm going to start, at least. At least. You know, I'm going to find some experts. I'm going to do something. If it's something in you, you have to go out and get the information. You can't wait for somebody, we, we got too many waiters. We got folk just sitting around just waiting. What are you waiting on? Quit And quit telling me why I prayed about it. No, you have to get out there and do. It's laziness and it's fear too. It, it goes right back to that fear because you have a dream. You have an idea. You have an inkling. You have some kind of spark in your heart. What is it that is keeping you from at least taking the first step? It is fear at the very root of it. That's mm -hmm. all it can be. That's all it can be. So And doubt. And doubt. Mm -hmm. Again, still coming. But how do you here. doubt yourself? I mean, think about when we were talking about family secrets and things, or even how, you know, when you raise, I tell people all the time, if your child come to you and say, I want to be Superman, you tell them, Well, what you going what kind of Superman you gonna be? Mm -hmm. You don't laugh at them and boy go sit down somewhere. You know what I mean? That st that starts right there. Yes, it does. Where you've already put doubt in that child's mind. Yes, it does. When we have dreams when we're young, and I'm gonna talk about this a little more toward the end, but it's like we we stop dreaming. Our dreams that kill. That goes back to the distractions, the failures, the obstacles, the barriers. Why we just came from family secrets is because we've all had some sort of trauma. Yeah. It may not have been sexual. You know, I started off with physical. The, the, what we ended with was emotional manipulation. And we 
uh, last week found out that we emotionally manipulate ourselves. Because we'll sit there and tell ourselves, oh, man, you know, I ain't finna do that because, you know what I mean? Oh, well, they, they uh, last week, they told me this, so I'm not going to ask this week. You just, you just shot yourself down. Yeah. You just shot yourself down. Now, I'm just surviving. I'm just surviving. There's no thriving. There's no goals, you know. So now I don't even know what success looks like because success has, you know, it's not even knocking on my door because I'm not opening it for it to come in. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy because I, I know I was talking about, um, um, I think I did a post because it's Christmas. I've been posting about New Year, New You, and, you know, opening doors or closing doors and having the, the strength to walk through them. But one of the biggest things that I thought about was how I, I, when I was in the military, all the officers, they used to, they used to uh, shop at the thrift store. Well, we going to the mall mm-hmm. as enlisted. Y'all got y'all pockets way deeper than mine, right? Okay, then I get you know back out here and I'm meeting people. They wealthy, they entertainers, they listen that, and they they shop at consignments and, and I'm looking like, well, how come we keep going to Linux? Mm-hmm. Nothing against it, but I'm just saying we spend all our paychecks on this stuff and people who got money they keeping it. It just don't make sense. So I said, if idea of success. Right. But if my thing is, if everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses, who are the Joneses? Because if it's not the wealthy people, who are we trying to keep up with? Right. That's what I want to know. Inquiring minds would like to know. If you know that, you need to call in and let me know. Because I'm really trying to figure that out. (laughs) Who are the Joneses? We, I don't, I don't even understand how we got to that point? I don't know. You know. Oh, I didn't have it. Um, I don't know. What you think? How, well, how did we get to that? Red bottoms. How much are those shoes? Two hundred, three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. Oh, it's something that costs a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's something that's up there. Cardi B became the number one artist, and I mean, this is telling about where we are as a community with our mindset. You Mm -hmm. see that song she came out with? Mm -hmm. These red bottoms, uh, these blood shoes. All the kids (laughs) singing it. We all singing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Ain't none of us should be thinking about no red bottom shoes. The condition that we are in today, in two thousand and seventeen of $300 shoes. It's ridiculous. You know, our focus is in the wrong place. The message in the music is in the wrong place. Then you add that onto all of the reality TV and stuff. I mean, this is what the children are growing up seeing. That is success to them. Mm. The, the the Cardi B's and the Kardashians and all that, that is success to them. Everybody so wanna there's be. no thought about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and investment and property owning and business owning. No, it's the fast cars and the jewels. Mm. So I think as leaders in our communities, as parents, as educators and mentors and therapists, uh, we kind of got to like what you're doing, Nicole, let's start to redirect the conversation. Let's really start to get to the bottom of what these issues are, because if we don't, we're going to perish. We we have got to clean up. We slowly there. We have got to clean up. <laughs> I mean, really, we, yeah. we got to clean up. And that's just what it is. You know, if we can take three hundred dollars and buy a pair of Jordans, why can't you take three hundred dollars and get some Bitcoin or some cryptocurrency? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we starting to... Can, can you tell people what that is? 
uh, I'm still learning. Please check out Dr. Boyce Watkins. <laughs> uh, look for that brother right there on Facebook and YouTube. Are you still learning? You know what that is, Rossi. Can you explain it? I know a bit about it. I mean, cryptocurrency, I mean, it's still fairly new, but it's, in my opinion, is essentially where the new currency model is going. So if you look at it, everything is going in shifts. For the most part, a lot of people are saying, well, we're going into a digital currency. Well, we actually been in digital currency. For a while, um, it's just going to the next level. For example, if you get your paycheck, they direct deposit it. It goes right to your account. You swipe your card. You never touch a dollar. That's digital currency. Um, now they're trying to figure out a way to um, ex- um, essentially what they call it, um, encrypt it to make it safer and for it to move around faster. Um, it's really based upon it, it kind of reminds me of the dot com boom, to be honest with you, where we're at with it. I don't think, you know, even Bitcoin is a player in the market, but I do think that the bigger picture is cryptocurrency and most importantly, blockchain technology. Uh, that's really where we're going as a people. That's essentially the infrastructure that's going to allow us to use the cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. If you remember mm-hmm. back when, um, I don't know if you guys remember the dot-com boom, everyone was investing in all these websites and they thought that they were all going to get rich. It all came crashing down. But when it built back, what we were left with was essentially a modern day version of the Internet, mm-hmm. which has changed the way that we've done business. I think that's kind of where Bitcoin is at. I think it is a bubble that at some point will come down. But what we'll be left with is uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, which will be the new wave of where we're going. Now you got cash at, you know, if I need to send you some money, Western Union about to be sorry, boo. Y'all about to be obsolete because <laughs> now you can just do do and I could just send you $50 or, or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, digitizing, automation, well, this you, you made a point on. because really what's happening is that c- the cur- currency is changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they've predicted this years ago. And most of us that are in um, certain communities and things, we are going to be so far behind if we don't start paying attention to things and starting to become more self-sufficient. Um, you know, that self-sufficient doesn't mean that we don't, you know, still have government and we don't still have, but it does mean that you have multiple income routes. It does mean that you start looking at, you know, stop looking at, I just got to make money and start looking at, okay, I need a legacy. I need this. And, you know, it's something you said at the Wall Street. No, it wasn't the Wall Street. I don't know where we were at, but you said something about instead of learning, you got to learn to Instead of learning, I don't know. You remember I, what you said? I, I, I was trying to figure out where you're going with that. Don't learn to learn. It was something oh, you no, said. I was okay. saying don't just work to earn, work to learn. Work you know, to learn, right. Your, your wages will make you a, a living, but what you know will make you a fortune. Mm-hmm. That's essentially. Oh, like that. Right, right. See, see, he always be coming up with some little nuggets. <laughs> we need to start selling that or something. <laughs> E-commerce. What? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, those are the things that I be thinking about, like, we, you know, even with bartering, you got all these little bartering companies now and they're doing big stuff without even exchanging a dollar. Like those are the things that the I think the economy is coming to. And if we keep looking at things with this impoverished type mindset, we're going to be left out. That's just the bottom line. It's so many things that's ahead of us right now that we need to we gotta we gotta do better. That's and that's why I work so hard or why I support Rossi's movement because it starts with okay, and I said this Saturday, everybody should have a hustle. Yeah. I'm not saying one that's gonna land you in jail. I'm no. saying 
who are you? You know, what are you good at? We all have some sort of talent that you could turn into a small business. Even you could, you know, and I said this before, you don't have to have a you don't always have to have a building. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to have an infrastructure to make money. I help my sister-in-law. She bakes well. So now I got this, you know, baking company that I could do. I get safe serve and get everything. So she's baking now. Shout out to Shea Butter. These are the things that you have to do. So. Yeah, I think the difference in that is that people need to just look at being producers as opposed to just consumers. So some of the things that you consume. Um, you have to ask yourself, can I possibly produce this? Mm-hmm. That's how you start to sort of generate that income as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We all have it in us. You know, I don't I don't know, you know, if I had Nefertiti's voice, I'd be doing voiceovers or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead, I got this squeaky voice that I've had all my life. Real talk, and this is a side note, but I remember, and this was some years ago, and um, I, you know, I was born in Gary, Indiana, grew up in California, I had all this back and forth stuff, and so... <laughs> One of my childhood friends from the third grade was here in Atlanta a few years ago. And I I was at a restaurant, and she turned around, and she said, Is your name Nikki Tosa? And I was like, who is this chick, right? And so I didn't recognize her, but she said that she she recognized me from my voice. Mm -hmm. How is my voice the same from a third grade? I don't understand that. But, you know, it's crazy. I guess that's just how it is. But if I had your voice, I'd be doing voiceovers and, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, we all got something. Yeah. And it needs to be attached. Multiple things. We do. Because I know, I know I'm talented in so many ways. I've always kind of found myself gravitating. I love to perform and, you know, different things. I never thought that I would bring performing and the things that I like to do with what I, my passion, which is helping others um, and trying to bring healing. You know, I, I, I really never would have thought this would be what I'll be doing. And we never really know that because if you follow your passion, it's going to take you on this journey and you just got to be willing to, to ride with it and do the work to go along with it. You know, and so those are the things when, when you look at goals again and success. And so, I got to say this before we got a few more minutes. So I I wrote this just in it for kind of a closing. But um, I wish that me as a mental health professional, that I could sit here and tell you that there's an answer to all of your problems. If you seek help, whether with mental health or social services. Right. I wish that as an evangelist, I could tell you, let's pray and everything will be all right. And that that would be the end of it. But the truth is that no matter who I am or what resources are available, your problems will not go away without you first believing in yourself. Second, you must pay attention to your inner self and the distractions, the failures, the obstacles, or the barriers that stole your identity in life. So I want to like really challenge everybody who's listening that you need to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, what happened to me? If I was to look in the mirror, I would say, what happened to Nicole? Matter of fact, because I grew up, everybody called me Nikki. I guess I would have to say, what happened to Nikki, right? And the thing about it is, what happened to the dreams that I had about who I was going to be, where I was going? See, I almost, years ago, that almost got taken away from me because I, I got a little strayed. But once I got back on track and I understood what purpose is, I said, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, what happened to that? 
until you can get that back, until you can get back to that person before all the things that get in the way, there will always be some sort of turmoil internally. Sometimes, even in your life. And it's not just in your mind because the things that you're thinking and believing is going to come out into your life. So freedom, and Rashi said this, is knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. Riches are a result of walking in purpose. But you cannot walk in purpose until you return to your original self. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible talks about being born again. Mm -hmm. Because when we're born into the world, we don't really have that conscious of our spiritual self as far as who and why we were created. And we have to get back to that person in order to figure out what I'm supposed to be walking in. I can't let nobody stop me. You can't let nobody stop you. All those things that happened to you as a child was meant to stop you. Everything that's happening in our environment, in our world, it was meant to stop us. And we have to get back to the original self, to identity, identity and stop the mindset of poverty. Because that's where it starts. I think when it comes to any of our communities, those of us who are African American, whoever, if you don't start changing how you look at how we're spending our money, we're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're going to be left behind. I don't know no other way to say it. I could talk until I'm blue. Rosie could have all the events. We can put out all the workshops. But until you make that choice, until your free will decides that I'm going to be a thriver instead of a survivor and that I'm going to dream again, then you cannot, you cannot, you would not get there. You just won't get there. Quit looking at everybody else. I feel like I'm preaching. But we, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I'm going to let y'all close it out because we got three minutes. Um, I just want to say, I mean, to the people, but you're right. Um, I think one thing people need to do, they definitely need to become need to become obsessed with success. And like we said, success is just about doing what you set out to do. You got to find something that sets your soul on fire. That's right. Um, that's really where it is. It's really about passion. And a lot of times you think you're passionate about things just because you're interested in it. But really, a lot of times your passion will lead you to your purpose. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you want to walk in purpose because... Now you're able to chase purpose as opposed to chasing paper. Mm -hmm. And from you being able to do that, all those other things will, will come from that. They definitely will come. It may take some time, but it will come. Now? You deserve the best life possible. And it is possible. It is possible. Uh, it can be difficult, but it really doesn't have to be. Uh, as I said before... Uh, change always starts with a choice. It's you making the choice and deciding that you want better for your life, that you want better than your current and present situation. That's right. That's right. Y'all can do it. And so, yeah, we're getting ready to close out, y'all. It's Life Radio with the girl victoriously speaking, brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope. My guests will be back next week. We will continue this conversation, and I hope that you enjoy. Peace. Thank you for making Life Radio an important part of your evening. Please join Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor, for another edition of the program next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Here's to living independently for excellence.